Oh, really? <laughs> so the next three or four months, I began to disciple Steve, and we became friends. And the very last blank, you know, I, I listed him, and the part I didn't list was the part I didn't know. He was totally open to Christ. I mean, this is the most unseeker, sensitive, uncool presentation of the gospel that God could probably ever put him in front of. But since the power's in the gospel, not in the presentation, and Steve was open, he trusted Christ, changed his life. And we got to be friends then, real friends. And Steve, I remember one day, said, can I ask you something? I said, well, sure. Um, let me get this right. You knew all about this Jesus and forgiveness, and we played basketball, and we did this stuff together. Chip, why, why didn't you tell me? I mean, I don't know if there was ever a time where you felt like the spotlight was on you and you just, there is like no place to hide. There is no excuse. All I could say was, well, basically because I thought you were closed, I'm desperately insecure and I was really intimidated. How's that for an answer? <laughs> and what I've learned is the reason I didn't share the love of God with Steve is because I believed a lie. And I'm going to share with you seven specific lies that keep us who love Jesus, who have been saved by Jesus, whose lives have been changed by Jesus, there are seven strongholds or lives that we believe. And I've called them a stronghold because it's a biblical phrase. But the father of lies is Satan. And what he wants to do is get very subtle lies ingrained into your thinking, into your mind, where they're just the glasses that you look at other people with. And so over here, if you could imagine, there's this unlimited lake of grace. And over here, you have this unlimited need of people and their struggles. And, and you know what? There's conduit. And the link of God's grace and love and forgiveness is the conduit of regular people like us. And so the enemy has developed different ways to get you and me to believe lies that keep us from taking that love and that grace and introducing these people to what God wants for them. Seven strongholds we must demolish daily. And I put daily in there because they're so ingrained, you'll have to kind of write these down and pound away and, and read them over and pray them through. You might say, well, where do I get that? Second Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he says, the weapons of our warfare, or the weapons that we fight with, are not of this world. We're in a spiritual battle for the souls of these people. On the contrary, the weapons we have have divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that's set up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. These lies, these strongholds are raised up against the knowledge of God, these presuppositions, and, and we're sincere, but we look through a lens that keep us from loving people. Stronghold number one, we've already hit. It's that people aren't open. It's a lie. We, we believe. Now, it might not be a, a swimmer. It may not be an athlete. It might be someone with a PhD. It might be someone who drives a very nice car. It might be someone who seems very beautiful. It might be someone that you think has it all together. It might be someone who intimidates you. It might be someone who swears profusely, who makes fun of Christians. It might be something, but there's, you think they're not open. And because since they're not open, why talk to them, right? That was my theory. 
Jesus said this, do you not say four months more then comes the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe or white for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages and now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. That's in John chapter four. Jesus has just shared Christ with a woman who's had five husbands. She's a Samaritan. So, I mean, they, they're off theologically. They're, they're half-breeds. The Jews think they're not open. Her moral past, she couldn't be open. Jesus shares Christ. She goes back into the village and says, I met the Messiah. The whole village is walking out, hundreds of people. The disciples come back. They did take out. They got lunch and brought it into Jesus. And they're looking. He goes, look, you guys don't think these people would ever be open? They're open. We did some research recently, uh, an organization, uh, this is the most